The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Okay, we're giving a bit of time tonight to our weekly American spot with Marion McKeown and Cal Thomas because, as I'm sure you know by now, midterm elections, which will be key to seeing who will control the Senate and the House of Representatives for the remainder of Joe Biden's term as president, are underway. But before we get to those, what about the fact that Donald Trump is promising a big announcement this day next week, which, Cal Thomas, everyone is taking to mean he's going to announce that he's running for re-election as president in 2024. So, What's prompting him to be promising this big announcement now? Is it that his ego is such that he wants to be the subject of the news at the time of these elections? Or is he looking to capitalise upon what he expects to be significant gains for the Republicans over the next couple of days? As usual, Matt, you have summarised things perfectly. I can't add anything to that. I would accept to say that I think it's both. I mean, we've talked before for several years now about what a complete narcissist he is. And uh, there was a strong rumor a couple of days ago that he was going to announce a second run of the presidency uh, last night at a rally in Ohio, but he didn't. I guess he was talked out of it and uh, to delay it a week. I don't think there's been any question that this would be a revenge campaign and one marked with anger and name-calling and all of those other things that I think both Marion and I and you too hate about politics. We should focus on issues and solutions, not calling other people's names, uh, like Trump called Nancy Pelosi an animal. I mean, come on, that's ridiculous. And then Pelosi said that if Trump came up to Capitol Hill, she would slug him in the face and willingly go to jail for it. That's really not uh, the kind of conversations we need to be having in a free society. Okay, you jumped a little bit ahead of where I intended to go, so let's hear what he said about Nancy Pelosi in that speech last night. This was an animal... Nancy Pelosi said, please don't call them animals, they're human beings. I said, no, they're animals. Of course, I think she's an animal, too. You want to know the truth? They'll say, oh, what a horrible thing she said about Nancy. She impeached me twice for nothing. Nothing. They'll say, oh, these people, the fakers back there. They'll say, what a horrible thing. He called Nancy Pelosi an animal. Let me tell you, what she does to this country and what she did to the, and the turmoil, and it was all, I used the word yesterday, I shouldn't, my great first lady got very upset. I said, I will never use the word bullshit again. But what she did to us in this country, and yet we got more done as an administration and a president than just about any president in the history of our country in four years. Marion McKeown, given what happened to Nancy Pelosi's husband recently, how deliberately reckless was that? Well, I think it was very deliberate. And I think that possibly the reason he said that was precisely because of what happened to Nancy Pelosi's husband, because Trump and his audience get a thrill out of, you know, going beyond the boundary, going beyond the pale of what's acceptable. And you heard the cheer there in the background when he said that immediately. The audience had been just, you know, 
humming along. And then as soon as he called Nancy Pelosi an animal, they erupted. And I've seen this at Trump rallies so many times. You know, when he goes beyond the pale, he's so rewarded for it by his base. And, and yeah, it's attention seeking. Here we are. We're talking about when we're talking about what he said. Um, and, and it is disgusting and shocking. She's an 83 year old woman. You know, it's appalling. Um, and, but I, I really do think he, I, you know, I was in Arizona and uh, I know that the Carrie Lake people, I spoke to one of her aides, were preparing for Donald Trump to make an announcement last night. They were quite excited about it. I think that that was the original plan that he was going to announce last night because he felt then he could ride the, the, you know, the, the wave of a huge swing and say, look, everybody voted because they heard I was I was running. Uh, but I think now that he is going to probably announce next week, uh, you know, a lot can happen in two years. But certainly, um, you know, Donald Trump is all over this midterm. He, it, it would have been, I think it's, it probably is to a degree still a referendum on Joe Biden. But I think for a lot of people, it's much more of a referendum on Donald Trump. And um, people are turning out in, in huge numbers. And I suspect that's part of the reason. I'll come back to you about that in a moment. But Cal, do you think would he be nailed on to win the Republican nomination if he announced next week that he is running? Well, the polls show, as he has focused on, that he is far ahead of his nearest competitor, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. And he even mocked his uh, very loyal Vice President Mike Pence, saying he was at 7% approval among Republicans and said, gee, I didn't know it was that high. Uh, so he he makes his entire pitch less on issues and more on personality and demeaning other people. Now, that that uh, registers with some people, I guess, but it, it's really not part of the better angels of our nature, as Abraham Lincoln said in a totally different context. I think at, at the end, people just don't like this, and I think that's why uh, Trump lost the last election. Those suburban white women uh, were more focused on other things and were turned off by his personality. The Republicans have the issues on their side this time. The Democrats have been running on the wrong issues. Green energy, abortion, January 6th, and Republicans have been focusing on the economy, inflation, petrol prices, and other things, that have, and education and parental rights that affect individual people. Even Democrat strategists now have been on CNN and other networks saying, we picked the wrong issues. We shouldn't have done that. Some of these are down in single-digit approval, while these other things, like crime, for example, are, are up there in the top one or two issues among voters. Cal, there are a lot of people who would say that things like January 6th and abortion rights and green fuel are exceptionally important issues for the future. So there's a division of opinion on that. Marion McKeown, can I go back to you, though? Could it be that, actually, for the Democrats... Donald Trump running as a presidential candidate for the Republicans could be a godsend because what that will do is, alluding to what Cal said about particularly uh, white women, that this will galvanise people to go out and vote against Trump almost for whoever it is the Democrats put forward. Yeah, I, I don't think... I think that Trump, you know, I... The biggest concern, I think, in America, and I, you know, we spoke about this before a long time ago, Matt, is that Trump could become a victor Orban because Orban did, of course, lose the election after one term, then came back and then introduced a form of authoritarianism where elections became meaningless. And America is on track to do that. And I think it's something that should be taken really, really seriously. But I don't see Trump, you know, he was beaten by 7 million votes in, in 2020, although he did get a lot more, he got 11 million more votes. I think that, you know, 
Americans are going to have to decide what road they want to go down. And if it is the road of Donald Trump and authoritarianism, essentially, which is what it will become, well, then, you know, America, as we know, it will, will no longer exist. But I, I, it's, it's really hard to tell at this stage, Matt. Um, I think that you would imagine that Trump could be beaten, could, should be beaten. But if you have people coming in, and this is where it counts, look, the, the races in 22 are so important because you have secretaries of state who will be running the elections in swing states like Arizona, like Nevada, like Michigan, who have already promised that they'll fix it for Trump in 2024. So Trump could lose, but they could decide that, well, we don't care. We're not accepting these election results. We're sending a different slate, uh, everything. And then there's a huge Supreme Court coming down the track, which could essentially make elections semi-redundant anyway. Uh, so there's a lot at play. Well, let me here, go back to Cal on that. Cal, would you share Marion's fears for the for democracy in the United States that you could have gerrymandered votes as a result of people getting into key positions in key uh, states that would actually, who would lie about the real results? It's funny that people are saying democracy is uh, is in jeopardy when more people are voting in this midterm election, absentee first and, and, and today in person, uh, than perhaps ever before in any other midterm election. You had Representative James Clyburn of South Carolina uh, on television over the weekend saying that if Republicans win the election, then uh, democracy as we know it are done. He compared it to the 1930s in Germany when Hitler rose to power in the National Socialist Party. Uh, you've had other people uh, saying similar things. It's just ridiculous. You had Rob Reiner, the uh, filmmaker, saying that if Republicans win, they will literally kill people. This is the kind of stuff that passes for uh, legitimate dialogue and debate in America today. And I think it's disgusting. It's used to fundraise. It's used to get on television. It's used for, to drive out the base. But it's not used to actually solve any problems and doesn't relate to individuals. But Cal, the question I asked you, you answered, started the answer by saying more people are voting. Yes, that no. might be true. Our fear is how the votes will be counted. Well, <laughs> you know, uh, if we go back to 1960 and how the votes were counted when John Kennedy uh, supposedly won that race and Richard Nixon uh, gave in at the last minute. Everybody knows that in Cook County, Illinois, they created a whole bunch of votes that put uh, Kennedy over the top. And during the primaries, they cre- uh, the old man, Joe Kennedy, uh, came up with a bunch of uh, votes in West Virginia uh, so that uh, Kennedy would win that uh, primary election and eventually the nomination for his party. This kind of stuff, redistricting, all of this is part of the American way. I don't fear what's going to happen in the future in this country. I don't think we're going to have a dictatorship. We have a constitution. We have uh, the courts. We have uh, balance. I mean, here's Elon Musk who says he hopes Republicans win in this off-year election because he thinks it's good that no one party dominates, either Democrat or Republican. I think there's some substance to what he says. In which case, you would assume then that he will campaign for the Democratic nominee in the next presidential election, would you? Well, maybe so. He's very unpredictable, as you know. Uh, Marion McKeown, Cal doesn't share your concerns, but explain more why you think that people in particular states could get into positions where they would manipulate the counting of votes or the declaration of results. 
Okay, well, I'll, I'll give you an example because I've just um, spent quite a bit of time in Arizona over the last week. In Arizona, you have a, a candidate running for governor who's likely to win, Carrie Lake. She's Trump's handpicked choice. She would probably be his running mate if Trump runs for election in 2024. Carrie Lake has refused to say that she will accept the election results if she's defeated. She has all she, she has said, I will accept the results because I'm going to win. I will win and I will accept that result. She will not say that if she's defeated, today that she'll accept that result. On her coattails, she has a a local senator called Wendy uh, Rogers, who's a white nationalist who wants to set up militias to to basically just arm drunken thugs uh, to, to um, patrol the border. She's also got Mark Fincham, who's running for Secretary of State. In Arizona, of course, Secretary of State is the Chief Elections Officer. Mark Fincham is an oath keeper. He was up on the Capitol on January 6th, and he has said that if he becomes Secretary of State, he will fix it for Trump to win Arizona in 24. He said there's no way he'll lose in 24. Another guy up in uh, Wisconsin who's running for Secretary of State has said the same thing, that if I'm elected, there's no way Trump will lose in 24. The same has been said in Nevada. Already that's three out of seven or eight of these swing states that you have to win to become the next president. Uh, and all these people are running on the sole platform that they will cheat in 24 to make sure that Donald Trump wins. That to me is really worrying. Also in Arizona, you have a lunatic attorney general running who's bringing up the rear and you have a Senate candidate who's an election denier and I don't think that he, he I don't think Blake Masters is going to win I think that that uh, the Democrat who has the seat currently Mark Kelly will hold that but as I said in 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 one state alone you see how the whole top tier of power in that state is election deniers and people who pledge they will cheat to make sure that the Republicans win and that pattern's been replicated as I said in Wisconsin in in um, Nevada and in other states as well so it is really worrying and I think it's really foolish to ignore it because that and as well really you know interesting. Cal yeah sorry but Cal I thought sorry, you were finished. Just, sorry. Just I, thank you. I, I beg your pardon. Uh, just to go back to what you said about 1960 and, you know, ancient history there, Cal, 60 years ago. Uh, but still, John F. Kennedy was not running on a ticket of authoritarianism. He was not running on a ticket to disenfranchise millions of voters. You know, it's it's entirely wrong to compare the two in any case. But okay, I said, let's get Cal back about cheating. No, uh, what is unique about this election cycle, Matt, is that Democrats picked a lot of these Republican candidates by contributing to their primary campaigns. Their view was that if we can get people we think are extremists, they'll never be able to win against the Democrat. Now they're paying the price for that, as many of these people, Emmett Oz in Pennsylvania, for example, Carrie Lake in uh, Arizona, who I don't trust, frankly. She was a contributor to uh, Barack Obama's campaign. She has praised him openly. She claimed to be pro-choice at one time. Now she claims to be pro-life. I don't really trust her. Uh, and then she trashes the media, of which she was a part most of her professional life. But the Democrats have a lot uh, uh, of accountability on this since they contributed so much money to people who are now on the verge of uh, beating their Democrat candidates. Okay, Mary McKeown, are we assuming, accepting that uh, the Democrats are going to lose control of both the House of Representatives and the Senate, despite the late appearances and rallies by former President Barack Obama to try and support Joe Biden? 
Uh, I well to take the the second part first. I'm not sure that Barack Obama's appearance is everywhere, and I've seen him half a dozen times in in the, in the last ten days or so, turning up, and the crowd gets wildly excited. But it's to me, it's more nostalgia. It's not that they there's you know I spoke to so many people at events where Obama turned up in in Arizona and in Nevada in particular, and some of them said they weren't even going to vote. They said they're just there to see Barack Obama because you know it reminds them of the, the good old days. It gives them the a rosy glow. So I'm not sure that he's, you know, you have to have people out there, but I'm not sure that's adding value. But I will say that on the ground, I'm not sure that Democrats will lose the Senate. I think it's almost inevitable that they lose the House, but I think that they could hang on to the Senate and that it could stay at, at the razor thin majority where it is. I do think that in Pennsylvania, that Dr. Oz, who, who Cal mentioned, who's the Republican candidate, uh, is he's definitely, he's narrowed the gap between him and John Fetterman, the Democrat, which was a points. But the Democrats have a very strong person running for governor, Joel Shapiro, who is trouncing the Republican, Doug Mastriano, who's an out-and-out racist and anti-Semitic. Uh, and so he's leading Mastriano by about 13 points. He could just pull Fetterman over the line with him, I think. And in which case, that would be a net gain of one for, for the Democrats. And then they could afford to lose Nevada, which they probably might. This all sounds like inside baseball, I know, but I, I'm, I'm not convinced that the Democrats will lose the House. Uh, we'll lose the Senate, I beg your pardon. I think that they will lose the House and I think they're going to lose some really valuable um, House Democrats who are who have been really talented, who were brought in in the 2018, you know, the anti-Trump wave when the Democrats picked up 40 seats. And I, I think that a lot of those are really vulnerable. So it, it's, you know... OK, I, let I me go back that, to Cal. Cal, yeah. if the Republicans were to take control of both the Senate and the House, would you be worried that many of the new broom and the way that a lot of Republicans Republicans are talking would actually take a, a move away from the conservative values that you espouse and that instead we would see people take control who are racist, anti-Semitic and have oh, other... Well, you know. You can't those, deny. Those you, sorry, are, you can't deny that there are people on the Republican ticket who would fall into those categories. I don't know. Uh, look, there are people on the on the Democrat ticket who fall into other categories as well. I don't like labels. Let me, tell me what you think. Tell me what you believe. Don't apply labels to people. I'm people have used to apply labels to me, and I would say, "What do you mean by that?" Then they would have difficulty uh, defining the label. Look, I think there are going to be a lot of Democrat retirements, as uh, Marion suggested. Nancy Pelosi's going to get home, going to go home to San Francisco to be with her husband. She was uh, interviewed yesterday by uh, Anderson Cooper on CNN. And uh, she said that uh, her husband's injury from that outrageous attack uh, is uh, is a factor in deciding whether she's going to stick around in Congress. I think the bigger factor is that the Republicans are going to win the House and she would be minority leader again and doesn't want to do that. So I think she'll retire. I think there are others in the Democrat leadership, uh, especially when younger Democrats have said we need a new generation of people. Or again, to quote John F. Kennedy, the torch needs to be passed to a new generation. And I think with, uh, you know, older guys like President Biden and Donald Trump and uh, Nancy Pelosi and Steny Hoyer, uh, these people are all in their 70s or approaching 80, as uh, as Biden will be uh, this month. Uh, they're looking for a new generation of younger leadership, and I think uh, that's a good thing. I think the Republicans are going to start cutting spending. They're going to uh, finish uh, building the wall, or at least try to, along the southern border. And I think they're going to be encouraging uh, district attorneys in various states to get tougher on crime and do away with these uh, no-cash-bail uh, 
things that have let murderers back out on the streets. We'll come to this again tomorrow. We're asking Marion McKeown and Cal Thomas to return tomorrow when we have the results in to see the state of American politics. Thank you both for being with us. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today and-